70% of the employees would rather clean a toilet calling the help desk. This is a, wow. this is a problem. Nobody really likes to call the help desk. Uh, first of all, it's not because of the help desk, not necessarily, but it's because we have a problem. So what I envision in 6, 12, 18 months from now is a much easier way to resolve your problem. So you have a problem, you can say, okay, let me check my... Welcome to another episode of Pioneers of Possible, the show that connects you with the futurists, leaders, dreamers, and builders who have reshaped what's possible in the worlds of business and technology. I'm Des Blanchfield, your host and fellow technologist. And today I have the pleasure of having Piero Chiodo. Piero, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great, and thank you for... Uh saying properly my name, uh, Piero Chiodo. It's, it's an Italian name, of course, and so several people find it a little bit uh, difficult to uh, pronounce it properly. But um, uh, great to be talking with you. Now, it's around about 4.30 in the afternoon, your time in the USA there. Uh, is it a little bit cold at the moment, or what, what's the temperature like over there? It's a grayish, but uh, I feel warm inside because uh, in, in a couple of hours I will have my weekly yoga session and uh, I, I, it's such a blessing for the spirit and the body. So I'm very excited for that. Fantastic. Well, uh, it's 8.30 in the morning here in Australia and the sun's coming up. It's a beautiful warm day and I believe it's going to be around about 34 or 5, 35 degrees Celsius. So that's something like uh, 97, 98 on the uh, uh, Fahrenheit scale in the US. Now, for folk who don't know you yet, um, Piero, could I perhaps just get you to quickly introduce yourself and uh, just uh, tell us a little bit about your role, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been with IBM for a little more than 30 years. And at the moment, I'm vice president for workplace support services. It's a global role uh, with a mission to develop, deploy, uh, assist with the sales process and alliances for the IT help desk, service desks business. So, and there's a particular focus on the whole digital workplace uh, and particular cognitive uh, uh, support around that, from what I understand. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, one of the uh, cornerstones of what we call the modern digital workplace. So it's a transformation on the way uh, an employee can use, uh, leverage, and benefit uh, the technology that's changing dramatically that's embedded in the workplace. So it's no more the typical desktop uh, or laptop. It's a variety of devices and processes and applications that are really changing the way we work. And I think we experience that uh, primarily inside IBM, where we are in the middle of this transformation. So we, we, we are delighted to work with our clients to, uh, together with them, envision and then implement this uh, different way for the employees to work and receive support and experience uh, the relationship with the workplace and the technology. Now, I'd love to get into more of that detail, and we will in a moment, but just uh, before we get too uh, deep into your role in particular, um, if you don't mind, I'd love to uh, help folk just to get to know you a little bit better. Now, I understand uh, uh, as a child you grew up in Italy, but uh, over the years you've done a hell of a lot of traveling from memory. You've uh, moved around Ireland, you've lived in Brazil, uh, you joined IBM, I think it was back in 1985 from memory. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your early childhood years and uh, some of the movements around the world you've had with your role and um, uh, and just a bit of insight into you personally and how you came to be at IBM and, and a bit about the journey through IBM that you've had in the last uh, couple of decades, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Well, it was a very unexpected uh, um, getting together with IBM. 
uh, when I graduated from college, uh, IBM reached out to me and they offered me a position. And, uh, you, you know, IBM stands for I've been moved. And uh, at that time, <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm working with my father. I have uh, my friends in Milano, Italy. I'm not planning to really move uh, anywhere. Uh, but, you know, I decided to, to join IBM for a little while because I was working with my father, who was a self-employed uh, sales agent, and I wanted to learn the big business and come back and bring that to my father. And what happens is that uh, in IBM, uh, actually, I began moving around. The first job was in Rome. I was commuting from Milano to Rome. And, uh, and uh, all my managers always gave me uh, total freedom on figuring out what needed to be done for the business, for the clients, for uh, our support and everything. And I found myself in the same kind of entrepreneurial environment that uh, I grew up uh, into with uh, my father. So, you know, after 30 plus years, I'm still here. And, uh, you know, I've been moved to prove to be a, really a true thing because uh, um, I have three kids. One was born in Torino, Italy, one in Greenwich, U.S., and one in London. Um, and I think I logged more than 2.5 million miles with American Airlines. And um, so a lot of traveling, uh, which was somewhat facilitated by the fact that uh, I began studying uh, English when I was in uh, um, middle school. Uh, there was a bilingual class, so we were taking a lot of the classes in English. And I began traveling abroad internationally at the age of uh, 12. I got lost in Dublin and, uh, uh, for several hours until uh, kind of they rescued me on the other side of the city. And since then, I've been traveling a lot because I really love this variety of cultures, environment, disciplines, uh, competency, and cultures that I think uh, really bring uh, the best of everything. Um, business initiative. I, I remember when we were talking uh, just a little bit earlier, you uh, specifically highlighted that uh, one of the biggest inspirations in your life, particularly in, in early childhood, and, and you'd highlighted that a moment ago, was actually your father. And, and uh, you mentioned he was a self-employed sales agent. But I, I, I made a note of the fact that you said that he'd uh, effectively taught you um, how to be independent and think for yourself. Uh, and I imagine that set you up very, very well for the roles that you've had in IBM because uh, you also mentioned that over the years uh, working with various, uh, you know, I guess, uh, strong-minded and, and, and very inspirational leaders, they effectively, uh, I think you gave me the quote, uh, they told you just to go and figure it out uh, in many ways. Um, so that uh, early inspiration from your dad, I guess, probably set you up very well for, for what's turned into an amazing career path, has it? Yeah, and I think that, in a way, paraphrasing what you shared with me is uh, uh, accountability. When you are an entrepreneur, you are accountable, you are responsible for the outcome of whatever you do. And so this sense of responsibility, of uh, being loyal to yourself, but really always thinking for the best of your company that you represent, uh, it's really what uh, empowered me. And I've been blessed with a number of managers that uh, really always allowed me to go and figure out what is the right thing for IBM, what is the right thing actually, I should say, for the client first, then for IBM, and then for the team, and then for yourself. And you quickly realize that when you do the right thing for the client, everything flows down nicely. And uh, at the end of the day, it's a win-win scenario. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I was uh, talking to a colleague of yours a couple of days on another show, and uh, they also used a similar phrase along the lines. They used the phrase, uh, uh, proof of value. It was something that was sort of drummed into them very early on. And I think what you're saying there is that, you know, just in building that uh, layered view of the world as to where the value flows from you know, the client to IBM through to your team and yourself, 
that that very broad focus on on driving outcomes is sort of really what I see what a lot of people doing these days where uh, you know, yes, there has to be a return on investment, and yes, there's got to be some value proposition overall. But that focus on outcomes across whether it's a client or, or uh, you know, IBM or the team or yourself, you can't just nail it for one person, can you? You've got to go in with a very broad uh, world. And I think in many ways that your worldly travels through Ireland and Brazil and other areas are probably you know giving you a good uh, broad view of the world and, and so forth. That's helped you uh, drive that as well. Um, that idea that you know. You can't just go and solve one problem. You've got to look at everything around things. And I think there was a note. I made a note around this idea that there's been a huge shift from this one-size-fits-all to more of a personalized experience in IT support and service. And so that probably uh, fits very, very well with that general view you've carried with you through your career path, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that that shift is uh, very evident. Um, you mentioned before cognitive. And so w- one of the things that we see impacting the workplace today uh, is this uh, dramatic complexity and growth of the devices that truly represent the workplace. Uh, if I remember well, by 2021, uh, we will have more than 46 billion devices connected over the web for the workplace. And what this is bringing is uh, two things. One is an incredible complexity in the workplace with all these different platforms and technologies and the connections and requirements for security, together with a huge flow of new data and information. And so when you put these two things together and you combine with the fact that every employee, every user is bringing to the workplace his own personal consumer-like experience and is expecting the workplace to deliver that same kind of flexibility, responsiveness, uh, freedom, uh, uh, ingenuity, and more and more, you see the pressure on the CIO to figure out how to manage this complexity, providing a better experience for the user while protecting the assets and the security and the processes and the productivity throughout the company. So I think this is putting a tremendous strain on every organization um, throughout the globe. And uh, and what we do uh, as providing support is uh, how can we in the IT service desk and help desk for these uh, users, how can we make it much more look and feel like a, a consumer experience, like the walk-up counter to an Apple Genius Bar or like a self-installing system as you migrate from Windows 7 to Windows 10. Uh, those kind of uh, simple uh, solutions from a user standpoint can make a huge difference in terms of uh, personal motivation and then uh, productivity in the workplace. I mean, when you talk about um, you know the always-on, twenty-four-seven connectivity being a requirement that you expect, you know, either Wi-Fi or wireless to be there all day, just like oxygen, uh, the whole digital lifestyle. Do you see that you're um, significantly ahead of the trends that you're showing people what's possible? Or do you see other people already adopting that? They're looking to you for how to fine-tune it and take it to the next level. Yeah, I, I believe that uh, probably at IBM we're, we're a little bit ahead of the game of uh, compared to a number of clients out there or companies out there. Uh, but the, the the real challenge today is not much more on the device. I think that the concept of mobile, mobile first, has been uh, accepted by almost anyone. So it is a reality. It is here to stay. So there are no no more challenges. I think that most companies now have a policy on BYOD, CYOD, choose your own device or choose your own applications. Um, the the matter is how do 
how to deploy that in um, a cost competitive, cost effective and secure way. But uh, what I see now, the, the, the leading edge is uh, um, on what do we do with these data that are gathered through all these devices, and how do I provide a support which is truly 24 by 7? And uh, we do that with uh, uh, Watson Chat, so for instance, uh, allowing a user, instead of calling the help desk, to chat with uh, Watson. And uh, Watson is trained to answer the question, how to do certain things or fix my problem. Uh, where we are now working on uh, this cognitive engine, besides interacting with the user and mentoring or coaching the user, is now starting to take action for the user. So it's kind of uh, keeping an eye and saying, oh, I see that you are running out of memory. Let me uh, resize the memory on your device. Or um, I see you, are, uh, you, have been, you have a problem with your VPN password. Let me reset it for you. So you're starting to see cognitive agents taking action for the user. And I think that's the real new generation where it's not just supporting the user, but it's acting for the user. So I, I like to do an analogy with a car. So I, I think that where we are today uh, compared to the self-driving car, we have a parking assist or a smart cruise control. Uh, where we are going in the very next future, and I'm speaking first half of next year, is the car to take more and more decisions and act for you, allowing you to focus and concentrate on the trickiest components of driving. So the same in, in the IT space. So Watson is now acting for the user. And then what, where we are going next is uh, at the end of the day in the support, we want the user to be happy and to be highly productive, 24 by 7, which means intercepting incidents and problems before they happen. So leveraging and combining together cognitive and insights on the devices and, te and the technology with the ability of an artificial intelligence engine to resolve and track and manage and understand trends and priorities uh, and uh, big data, you can start understanding where is it going to be likely to have a problem and act on that before the problem really happens. So I think that at the very end, this is the true improved user experience by just not noticing that things are kind of are not breaking anymore because someone else is taking care of that. It's an interesting blend, isn't it? Because I think there's, uh, you know, we, we hear a lot in the media about people supposedly being concerned about robots taking all their jobs through things like robot process, uh, process automation, uh, chatbots replacing call centers, et cetera. And yet really what we're hearing here is that uh, um, a lot of that uh, supposed fear that people are, uh, may or may not have, which uh, often I think is hyped in the media, uh, what you're saying is day-to-day -day people are actually already using that technology to improve their lives and, 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 and work smarter, not harder, and all the things we hear about. And so maybe that, that supposed concern about robots taking jobs uh, is kind of a misnomer because in the reality, what we're already doing, we're pivoting to using chatbots to solve problems instead of making phone calls and going through interactive voice recognition to, to menus or pressing one to get help. You know, we're, we're just talking to it or talking to Watson. Uh, maybe that whole wave of supposed concern of, of robots taking jobs is a bit of a misnomer and, and we've already made the transition. Do you see that being the case in, in some of the engagements you, you've got so far that... Uh, there may or may not be a, a little bit of concern about what the technology and, and particularly cognitive can bring to the table and people worried about what that means to their jobs. And yet 
the first thing they do is ask you how to use this technology to make their jobs easier or better or to how to reset their passwords, as you said. Yeah, I, I think there are a couple of components here. Well, <clears throat> first of all, there is a fairly large amount of, uh, I, I, I can call it underserved population, because what happens is that uh, uh, up to 50, 60% of the tickets open to a service desk or a help desk are password reset related, or could be show me the status of my tickets. So that very low added value traffic is distracting the help desk agent to, from doing uh, deeper analysis and assessments, being much more uh, an advisor and a consultant to an employee that has a problem. So uh, we are really getting rid of the low complexity tasks that take away time and distract either the employee or the help desk agent from going much deeper and becoming a true expert that can coach you, help you, mentor you, teach you how to work better. So that's kind of, again, the experience when you go to a workup counter or a client center, you hand off your technology and you have someone taking care because they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Now, our plan and our vision is to really deploy Watson to more and more taking care of all that complexity, allowing the help desk agent to be a resolver at, at the first point of touch, as opposed to, oh, I open a ticket, I assign the ticket to someone else, we call it level 1.5, level 2, level 3. You go deeper and deeper. Well, why all this cascade of passing the problem to someone else? Where well, you can resolve the problem right away at the first instance. Wow, that's, a, that's, a, that's an amazing view of the, the role you've got in the, the space you work in. Now, um, what I'd like to do as we wrap up is uh, I have this fun thing where I get people to I pass them a virtual uh, crystal ball. So I'd like to pass you a virtual crystal ball if I can now and get you to gaze into that. And with all the things you've shared around your, your personal background and the amazing uh, experience you've had of, uh, you know, I think you mentioned like 2.5 million flying miles at one stage. You've traveled through what sounds like dozens and dozens of countries. You've had some exciting roles. With all of that background and all the, the reach and breadth and, and coverage you've got there, you're in a very unique position to gaze into the future and, and share some insights, both either personally and professionally, of kind of what you think is coming down. If we were going to think about upcoming trends or big shifts or big changes, um, whether it's 12 to 18 months or a year or a year and a half or three into three, 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 five years down the path, um, what do you see the next big sort of few, one to two things being? You know, where do you see this being in a year or two with what mobility does for the end user in an enterprise space and, and at home? Uh, you know, we've seen big shifts around consumption of content. Like, you know, we don't really watch TV anymore. We watch Netflix. Um, if I was going to get you to gaze into that crystal ball, what are some of the big things that you think might be coming along the lines that are in, in the near future? And, and what kind of insight can you share into some of those? Okay, well, um, I'd like to quote a statistic that I saw some time ago. And uh, um, someone said that uh, 70% of the employees would rather clean a toilet rather than calling the help desk. <laughs> so this is, a, wow. this is a problem. Nobody really likes to call the help desk. Uh, first of all, it's not because of the help desk, not necessarily, but it's because you have a problem. So what I envision in 6, 12, 18 months from now is a much easier way to resolve your problem. So you have a problem, you can say, okay, let me check my 
network of friends, colleagues, and uh, people. Let me do self-help. That would be my first reaction. Let me chat with Watson. It's easy. It's always there. It's colloquial. It's very straightforward. Uh, let me chat with a live agent. Let me call a help desk. So you have a variety of options that make your request for support much easier, much less painful, I should say. But where we are really going is to basically an environment where I do not have problems anymore because all the problems have been taken care of by some artificial intelligence that knows me, understands me, my applications, my processes, my tools, my devices, and takes care of all that. So forget about problem determination on your workplace. What you will have to receive help is on the how-to. It's the kind of HR processes. It's the insights on how to perform a task. Forget about having a problem. That should completely go away and be managed by the artificial intelligence down the road. Wow, I like that. That's... um. That's an amazing note to wrap up on. Well, um, Piero uh, Kyoto, thank you so much for your time to, to share some um, insight into you personally, into your role uh, at IBM. Um, and hopefully you've had a good time uh, chatting with us. But thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Okay. Thank you, Des. Hi there. This is Des. Thanks for tuning into my Pioneers of Possible podcast series. I trust you've had as much fun listening to this episode as I had producing it for you. Now, before you go, I have an exciting exclusive offer to share with each and every one of you. You've heard me talking with IBM's best and brightest right here in my podcasts. Now you get to talk with them in person yourself. And here's how. IBM have given me an exclusive offer to give you, my wonderful followers and listeners, a free one-on-one session via phone with an experienced IBM expert. To book your call with an IBM expert, simply click on the expert advice link in the show description. And be sure to let me know how your IBM expert session goes by tagging me in a tweet with your feedback. Thanks again for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of the series. And I'll look forward to talking with you on Twitter soon.